Y'all all know what I want to start with. You know I can't come up here and, and do a sermon without speaking about me being a member of the Grandmother's Club. <laughs> I am so excited. You know, my baby girl, Aurora, gave birth to the, a healthy little girl, Araya, and I'm, it's still surreal. I look at my daughter, and then I look at the baby, and I think, oh, my baby had a baby, and that's all I can think about. Well, I tell you one thing I learned. Things have changed in the maternity ward since I gave birth. One of the changes was so bittersweet for me. You see, nurseries have always played an important role in my life every time I visit a hospital. I always stop by to look in the nursery. They've all only been used now if needed. So the only babies you could see are the ones who needed a little bit of extra care. But I can remember when I was growing up and going visit people in the hospital, especially when my grandfather was dying. And I can remember being in the hospital for quite a few days, and I can remember walking every day, sometimes more than once a day, to go stand at the window of the nursery and stare at those little babies, you know, like, oh, look at those cute little babies. I was like this open-mouthed tourist staring at people who I don't know as babies and falling in love, loving the little bodies, the little faces, watching the nursery attendant taking them and holding them. Seemed that nurseries became a distraction for me to deal with my fear of things I couldn't control. People in the hospital dying, people in the hospital ill. But I always seemed to find joy when I stared at them with my mouth wide open, looking at other people's children and realizing the God's creation in those children. But this time, when I went to the hospital, I was so focused on my own daughter so worried about my own daughter and that the baby would be healthy and she would be fine during the delivery that I really didn't get that distracted with the nursery. And I paid and kept my focus on what I needed to be focused on during that time, prayer and my daughter. Today's passage opens with Jesus' third prediction of the destruction of the temple. It opens with Jesus telling the people that things will not remain. Things that they see right then would not be there later. The temple that they hold in such high regard because of its beautiful stones and gifts will be destroyed. And the people ask Jesus for a sign for when this will happen. And Jesus tells them to beware that they are not led astray. Being led astray is when we take our focus off of Jesus. When we venture away from the correct path or direction leading us to being Christ-like. Beware of false prophets that will lead you astray. We encounter them in today's world. People who quote words and verses from the Bible 
but they do not have the love of Christ in their hearts. Jesus says, do not go after them. Wars, insurrections, nations against nations, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes, famines, plagues, all kinds of things that the people at this time considered signs from heaven, all of them are distractions that can lead you astray. Conditions in life that are beyond our control. Conditions that stir up fear in us, and fear is the anticipation of evil. Jesus says, do not be terrified. Jesus is telling his followers that they will be arrested and persecuted. And some will be handed over to the synagogues and prisons. And they will be brought before kings and governors. But when you become an apprentice to Jesus, you are taking up your cross as told to us in Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Keep your faith and stay loyal to your apprenticeship to Jesus Christ. Verse 13 says, This will give you an opportunity to testify. Testify to what? How does this speak to us today? This was the people then's chance, and it is your chance to serve as a witness to the righteousness of God. All can enter into a living and abundant life with God in his kingdom of love. Right now. This reality will continue on and it will intensify after death. You see, the Bible's very clear and the message that in Jesus Christ, the kingdom is available to all of us. The problem is that in our fallen human nature, you and I live in a deformed condition that we inherited from our original parents. Our fallen nature makes us seek to control the world around us and to live our lives following our own will. Sometimes it even leads us to distort the vision of God and leading some of us to create our own vision of who Jesus was and who he is today. You see, in this condition, we conform Jesus to our perception instead of being formed in the image of God as shown to us in the Gospels of Jesus. Your image of God is the most important thing about your discipleship journey. God is good all the time. 
Do not ever, ever let the world or the trials and the distractions of this world and your life let you think anything bad of God. We find our vision of God through our formation as people living in societies. And just like the people Jesus is speaking to in this passage, everything in our lives is formative. Verse 14 says, So make up your minds not to prepare your defenses in advance. Jesus is telling them and he is telling us that through God's grace, we will be transformed into people with the mindset of Jesus as the Spirit abides in each of us. The living word of God gives us the words and wisdom to follow God's will. This can only happen when we become apprentices, disciples, people who do more than just follow, people abiding in Christ, dwelling in and living in Christ like a branch abides in a grapevine. Abiding is like inhaling the reality of the kingdom of God doing more than reading words of the Bible, but internalizing the words of God and then putting those words into action. As a loyal apprentice of Jesus Christ, your vision of the world becomes his as you empty yourself in the form of a servant, as you follow his model of love to cultivate relationships. Abiding in the living word of God is the source of our love, joy, peace, and all of our fruitfulness. Jesus tells them, and he tells us in verse 16, that when you become his apprentice, you will feel betrayed by many who you know. And he says to persevere in trust in divine vindication. Do not let yourself become an open-mouthed tourist being distracted and led astray. Our hope for restoration as disciples and for this world is only found in Jesus Christ and through God's grace. With God's grace, all of us in here can grow into the mindset of Jesus. God's grace will cultivate the magnificent five in all of us. Faith, hope, love, joy, and peace. Five inseparable conditions and emotions that are cultivated in you by God's grace to become prominent in you, to transform your mindset, to be more like Jesus. 
And this transformation begins with the call from God and it grows through God's grace and our willingness to be active in the process of spiritual formation. A call that means you have to let go of your own mindsets to take on Jesus' vision for his world. The kingdom of God reigning in your hearts and minds right now in the hearts and minds of all believers. It's a natural home for all of our souls. And it is the beginning of our gift of eternal life that is immediately and directly accessible to us through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. God of righteousness and goodness, may the words and wisdom shared today resonate in our minds and hearts as we are transformed by your grace to be people of faith, hope, love, joy, and peace. Living as witnesses of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.